0: org. Now let's open up the Word of God together for today's message. Well once again, Merry Christmas. We are here tonight to celebrate the, the birth of, of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And I, I wanted to start tonight in the book of Isaiah where the birth of Jesus is predicted, it is prophesied five to 700 years before Jesus was even born. Now, I know you just sat down, but I'm going to ask you to stand up for the reading of God's word. It's only one verse uh, tonight, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Father, the psalmist writes, let your faithful love come to us tonight, and it's because of your salvation, just as you promised. Amen and amen. Thank you, guys. Please have a seat. Well, let's take a deeper look here at verse 6 in Isaiah chapter 9. So, for a child will be born for us, and a son will be given to us. Notice the mystery right from the very start here. How, How this child would be both human and divine. We see the humanity of this child. The text says a child is born. So Jesus is a real person. And tonight's just amazing because we celebrate the miracle of all miracles. We we celebrate, I mean, think about it, almighty God wrapped up in flesh and bone. I mean, the creator and the sustainer of all things, the the one who spoke the whole cosmos into existence is now in the arms of another human being. John 1, 1 says this, In the beginning was the word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, nothing was created, all that was created. So, John is telling us exactly who this child is. His name is Jesus Christ. Secondly, Isaiah teaches us that this child is not just human, he's not just a real person, but he's also divine. Isaiah continues here. He says, a son will be given to us. He's given. We see the compassionate nature of God as a father here. God the Father, he gives mankind a gift uh, for salvation. It's one of the many, many reasons we give one another gifts during Christmas. The verse continues here, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. You know, throughout the Old Testament, we reread time and time again of of incompetent leaders and all these wicked, wicked kings. Their shoulders were, they could not bear the weight of administering um, justice righteously. They could not do that. Has anything changed today? Has it? I mean, we still see wicked people clamoring for power and to try to rule all the different nations of the world, and, and some even have the audacity to try and rule the world as a whole. However, Scripture teaches us that Jesus is the King of kings, and He's going to do all of that righteously and perfectly. Uh, we know this to be true. Jesus said when He gave the Great Commission, He said this in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. He says, look, guys, All authority, all of it, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So so the Lord Jesus is the King of kings. He will do that perfectly. It's interesting, too, because in God the Father giving His one and only Son as the Savior of the world, God also gave Him the authority to rule humanity. We see that here in this verse as well. Verse 6 continues, For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor. So here we see the first of four names that really reveal Jesus' character. Wonderful. It means that Jesus is exceptional, that he is distinguished above all other kings. As a counselor, Jesus has true authority, meaning that his ways are always right, they're always right. Have you ever been to a counselor and he says, you, you know, you should probably try this or maybe you should probably try that. Hello, what kind of counsel is that? I mean, that's like, that's like going in for major surgery and the surgeon saying, oops, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want the surgeon saying, Oops. But see, here in this verse, we see that Jesus as the wonderful counselor, he never says oops. Uh, He never says try. Uh, His ways are always right. Jesus says, that he says this, he says, you need to do this and then you'll live. So when you combine the name wonderful with counselor, we see the picture of Jesus doing something extraordinary. He does something miraculous, all with the skill of providing perfect counsel. Do you need counsel tonight? Do you have some issues that are weighing heavy on your soul? Dear friends, there's no need to rush off and pay $100 an hour when Jesus is your wonderful counselor for free. Right? We are to seek his counsel first. He's all, he always has time for you. You don't need to book an appointment either. And the primary way to receive his counsel is to read the word of God by the spirit of God and to reread the word of God by the spirit of God day after day. The second name here in this verse is mighty God for a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named wonderful counselor and mighty God. So Jesus as the mighty God, he has the power now to execute his mighty plans. Throughout scripture, we see different variations of this name, mighty God. For example, when God introduced himself to Abraham, he said, Abe, hey, I am God almighty. So in other words, God is the one true living God. Jesus is eternal. Uh, There was, there's been no one before him. There's no one after him. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. We see the third name here, Eternal Father. From a, a Jewish perspective, the word Father, it means originator. It means source. So, in other words, if you want anything eternal, you must get it from the source. You have to go to Jesus to get it. He is eternal. Everything else is temporary. All this stuff is going away. Um, the name Eternal Father there, that is in reference to Jesus. Now, that's not implying that Jesus and the Father are one. It's not implying that. It's, once again, it's, it's implying that Jesus is the source of all knowledge and wisdom. Um, we have the Father. We have God the Father. We have God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God, um, all with different roles, that's the Trinity obviously being a mystery there. Last we come, lastly, we come to Prince of Peace, the fourth name here. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Well, peace implies that there's no war. Peace suggests tranquility. Peace indicates a certain level of serenity, doesn't it? Having peace is living life without fear or worry. So let me ask you: how much peace have you had over the past couple years? Everybody contain their enthusiasm, please. <laughs> let's hold that thought for just one moment and let's let's fast forward now the five to seven hundred years from Isaiah's prophecy over here to the birth of Jesus. So let's pick up the Christmas story now in the Gospel of Luke. Luke 2.8 says this, Shepherds were staying out in the fields, and they were keeping watch at night over the flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You're going to find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there's a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel and they were all praising God. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people that he favors. So what's it mean to have this kind of peace? And why are we not experiencing this peace that's talked about in this verse today? Well, 2021 was a challenging year, wasn't it? That's an understatement, Captain Obvious, right? You know, unfortunately, 2022 is going to be even more challenging. I mean, today we are in the middle of a health crisis. We're in the middle of a political crisis and a financial crisis. And none of these things are going away. In other words, the signs of the times are among us. And if you spend more time reading the Bible than watching the news, you will be encouraged. Why? Because you know that Jesus is coming back soon. These events of our day have been predicted just like Jesus' birth. And they're coming, here's the amazing thing, they're coming true in our lifetime, which is fascinating, that's amazing. But if you spend more time watching the news than reading your Bible, you're going to become more and more fearful with every passing day. Now, I've only talked about not watching the news for the last couple of years Uh, But for you you news junkies that just can't turn it off, you can't go cold turkey on me, I would, I'd like to give you a suggestion. Maybe, just maybe, once you get your fill of bad news for every minute of bad news that you watch, turn to the good news and and spend three minutes there. So for every minute of bad news, you want three minutes of the Bible. All right, so maybe you could try that. It just kind of offsets things a little bit. Because the media, they're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you that we are currently experiencing the, the birth pains that happened right before the tribulation. And as you guys know, we, we don't have to watch the news to know that we live in a broken world. You guys know, I mean, something's clicked. Something happened over the past two years. Something's changed. The world is very, very different. And what's clicked is God's judgment on the earth. And it's called sin, right? Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we're going to admit that, that our lives are far from perfect. That was a great spot for an amen. <laughs> <laughs> and because our lives are far from perfect, a.k.a. our lives are filled with sin, uh, we choose to fill our lives with worldly things that only bring temporary peace. So, for example, many of us, we, we pour ourselves into our career, right? We're going to make a lot of money, and, and unfortunately that comes, becomes a false identity to us, and we start climbing the corporate ladder, and all of a sudden we're at the top, and we're like, oh, I didn't even want to be here. It leads you to somewhere you didn't even want to go in the first place. Many of us fill our lives with religion, you know, we just think, ah, i got to keep God happy. I'll just keep all the rules and I'll, I'll I'll keep God happy. Some of us take care of our children or our grandchildren to where they become idols in our lives, right? That, that we become the Savior instead of allowing Jesus to save them. And others of us, we, we numb our problems with alcohol or, or television or prescription medication or, or pornography, or if it's a really bad day, all at the same time. <laughs> right? And we do that for a reason. We, we do it because it does take the pain away. All these things bring peace. All the worldly things, they bring peace, but it's only temporarily. We can only numb ourselves for so long, and then we have to engage inside that behavior again. Because the pain of our life hurts so bad. And here's the thing, guys. God did not design the world to be this way. Something happened. And that thing is called sin because we've all turned our back on God. Scripture tells us this over and over. Let me, let me show you one passage here. Romans 3.10, it is written, There is no one righteous, not even one not even one guy out of billions of people? Are you kidding me? He goes on, he says, there is no one who understands. There is no one who even seeks after God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what is good. Not even one. Dang. Not even one. Dear friends, this this is why the world doesn't have any peace because the world is at odds with God, but it doesn't have to stay that way. The most famous Bible verse in all of scripture is John three sixteen. For God loved the world in this way. How, how did God, the father love the world? Well, he gave, this is such a good Christmas verse. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus didn't wasn't born today to judge you or to point his finger at you. No, 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 no. Look at the verse, but to save the world through him. See the world doesn't have peace because the world doesn't know God and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the mediator between God the Father and mankind. So all that to say this, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ tonight because it's through him that we have peace with God the Father. We have peace with God because of the person and the work of Jesus and that work of Jesus that points to the cross. And the work of the cross is that his life was a substitute for ours. See, we can't separate the birth of Jesus from the death and the resurrection of Jesus. You can't do that. So let me me show you a a key point that I'd love for you to take away for tonight. See, it's in the birth and the resurrection of Jesus that we have peace. It's in the birth and the resurrection of Jesus that we have peace. Now, please don't hear what I didn't say. I didn't say that... uh, that your life will automatically get better and you'll never suffer any trials if you choose to believe the words of John 3:16 because that is simply not true if you're watching those YouTube preachers saying that mess turn them off they're lying to you but what God does promise is that he will be with you through those trials Jesus promises you he'll be with you in the suffering. That's the beauty of it. Dear friends, this is not your best life now. That life is to come if you believe that Jesus is God as Lord and Savior. So how, 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 do you, how does Jesus become your Savior? How does he become the substitute for your sin? Romans 10.9 is so so beautiful. It's all about grace. It's not about works. It's not about making anybody happy. It's simply about believing what Jesus said. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, if you actually believe that there was a man who, was, who died on a cross, they stuck him in a grave, or actually in a cave, and then he had the audacity to walk out of that grave three days later. He just walks out. If you believe that, Scripture says that Jesus is your substitute. God the Father no longer is angry with you regarding your sin. So here's my invitation to you as a guest tonight. You're invited to come back this Sunday to learn a little bit more about this child who was prophesied to become the Prince of Peace. As a church, we have one goal. And that is to experience God verse by verse. And we do that because we want you to know him day by day. We want you to to have this peace that's promised in scripture moment by moment. And we'll never have peace if we keep doing what what we've always done. If you want peace in the new year, let me give you two things here. Number one, I would suggest that you tithe your time. That you read the word of God by the spirit of God. Meaning that you you give God the best part of your day. You start with the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, Tithing your time, it's like the vertical portion of the cross. This is your relationship with God Almighty here. And number two, commit your life to a church family. God's word and God's people are the only things that, that are eternal. Um, God never intended for any of us to walk this walk alone. Your church family, as crazy as we are, (laughs) let's just get that out of the way. (laughs) It's the the horizontal beam. So we've got tithing our time, that's the relationship here in your quiet time. And then you have your, your crazy church family going, on the horizontal beam. So that's the cross. So to experience God, it means that we have to learn about him. Uh, we do that together. Uh, you know, we're, we're all a mess, and, I, and I'm exhibit A, uh, no doubt. And by the way, it just so happens, it's just a coincidence. Just a coincidence that starting the second Sunday in January, we're going to be start. We're going to start learning about Jesus all over again in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, so it's a really, really good time to join a new church family. Um, the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel means good news. This is the good news. So, so dear friends, that's your invitation. Um, Nine thirty on Sunday mornings. It's an open invitation. Um, I pray that you would consider that, I really do, Um, because what you'll do is you'll learn more about this Jesus that we just uh, are are worshiping tonight. So, I'm going to invite Pastor Brian and the band back up. Uh, We're going to conclude tonight with the the candlelight portion of our service here. The reason that we do this, guys, is because the, the the candles, they represent hope. Uh, in this very dark and angry world that we live in. Jesus said this, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts puts it under a basket. Nobody does that. that. That's silly. But rather they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light for all those who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, everybody do this. All right, we did it. Merry Christmas, guys. Once again, we've got fellowship and some coffee and, and things next door. Have a blessed night. Thank you.